since I was a blue ball, I was like telling people like, yeah, I want to be in the UFC. They were like, bro, you're a fucking wife. You don't even know what you want in life. I'm like, I came to this gym thinking about being a UFC fighter before I even learned how to fight, before I even see how would it do in fighting. I was doing the same thing before I even joined Next Generation. I was saying, I, w- I want to be in the UFC. I want to be in the UFC. And that was my goal before I even stepped foot in the gym. <laughs> What is happening, everyone? Another episode of Chat and Pony with Paddy the Baddy. And got a belter guest on today, another UFC fighter. I've been a, a few of his recent fights where he's got some big, big knockouts, brilliant knockouts. So, Marlon Chito Vera, thank you very much for coming on the podcast, lad. But um, whenever I start the podcast, I always like to go back to the start with people. So, how did you get into MMA? What's up, bro? Uh, I, was, I was getting on face fights. Since I was in diapers, and I don't know, I, you know, I didn't grow up rough. I didn't grow up in a crazy environment, but there was just something about it that I want to scrap all day, every day. And in a school, in high school, and you know, since I was a little kid, I would just, if I didn't like your energy, I just punch in the face. And I guess that's where we start. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a great attitude to have. Like if someone's doing your head in nowadays, though, this day and age, you'd be getting arrested and stuff, wouldn't you? Back in the day, you could get away with that. I get away. I I only went to jail twice for a street fight, so I get away with a lot. But, you know, these days people get it a little soft, you know. People have a... They, they, they like to talk the talk, but they don't want to walk the walk. And, you know, sometimes people run to the wrong person and go sideways, but... You know, if you keep it real and you just, you know, keep your distance away from trouble, you, I think you should be fine these days. Yeah, most definitely. So obviously, as I say, going back to the start, you grew up in Ecuador. What what was that like? Ecuador, you know, I, I grew up in a town called Chone, very small, you know, a lot of farms. So for me, it was, you know, Monday through Friday was just the boring stuff, going to school, getting a little bit of trouble, riding bikes. But, you know, the weekends was where the cool stuff uh, would come. You know, my dad would take us to the farm, you know, take the cows, move them to different places, milk the cows, go grab horses, run the horses, a little bit of farming here and there. But everything was just playful, you know. Sometimes when I look back, I was kind of working, but I didn't know it was working. It was just fun for me, just hanging out, you know, in the middle of nowhere, running horses all day. Once the sun goes down, go back to the house because there's no lights over there. So <laughs> you don't come you don't come in time, you're gonna be on, on full dark. So you just you know, I think I grew up in a very fun environment, doing a lot of stuff, shooting guns, you know, cool stuff. Yeah, South America somewhere I've never been that. I've always wanted to go, you know what I mean? I've never been to like Ecuador, Colombia, Brazil, Argentina. I've never been. It's a place a part of the world I've always wanted to go to. A lot of people say that it's very dangerous, though. You know what I mean? That's obviously you don't think it is, no? Yeah, well, I think I feel and anywhere you can find the danger zones, you know, in every country, you know, you go to the hood anywhere, you can get you you can don't come back. But if you if you're in the right place with the right people, I think you should be fine. Yeah, and yes, it's a little dangerous, but it's dangerous everywhere. You're right. You can bump into the wrong crowd, no matter what city or country you're in, and you can go sideways. Yeah, a thousand percent. So, but like, Ecuador is fun. If anytime you want to go there, I set you up there. Definitely, I'll have to. Uh, I'll have to call you on that one, lad, because I've always wanted to go to South America. But um, going back to your last fight, lad, I was there when you beat Dominic Cruz in San Diego, and that was a brilliant performance. Um, like you come into his own backyard, everyone was supporting him, lad, and you come in there and knocked him out. You know what I mean? What, what was that feeling like coming into someone else's own backyard? That's huge, you know. I'm kind of used to do that. I've been doing it for a while. And to me, you know, to me it's a fight. We can be in my hometown, in your hometown. That's not matter. They close the cage. Where the f*** is screaming outside? Doesn't really matter, you know. It's me and you and somebody's going to go down. And I work so hard that it's going to be hard to be the myself to be the man down. But... It's fighting. Anything can happen. Even if you do everything correctly, success is not a guarantee. Uh, winning is not a guarantee. That's why these times you just got to be all in every day, all the time, because fighting is too hard, too crazy to 
a slack or you know or fuck around but it was fun it was really fun you know san diego it was a packed arena my first many been in front of a crowd so that was pretty cool that was huge for my career for my for my country and for my legacy yeah that was a like as i say that's not the only fight you that i've been at lad. i was there in new york as well when you fought frankie edgar and lad what what you've done to him with that kick it was scary yeah, I just, you know, I just throw them. I just throw them and, and I throw them hard. Like, I, I really want to wanna go through your soul. And, you know, I feel like the reason I fight like that is because that's the same thing my opponent want to do to me. Like, that's when people call this shit a sport. I'm like, this ain't a sport. We ain't shaking hands here. Like, you're going to knock me out unconscious and then come and give me a hug. I think, that, I think that's cute. I think that's respectful. But fuck that. I don't want to be there. I don't want to be that person. So... This game is this this game is gnarly, and you know I choose it. I'm good at it, but you gotta stay consistency because those performances come, but you just gotta you know you gotta put in work to find them. I'm with you on that. Like if if I did ever get knocked clean out and my opponent was trying to give me a hug, I I, I wouldn't want to do it. I'd be like, get away. You yeah. know what I mean, I want to rematch it in a few fights. I don't want to give you a hug. <laughs> yeah, I probably fight him. I probably go and fight him in his room afterwards. I'm like, Fuck you. I don't. I don't, that's why people get too friendly and shit. like I get it I get it people like the people like the respect they want to bow to each other and shit like that but I do that in the jiu-jitsu gym in the jiu-jitsu gym I shake everybody's hand you know if I get tough you know I give you a hug I ask you how you did it but fighting is different animal you know if I'm wrestling and you take me down I give you a high five yeah. but if I'm fighting I'm fighting you know it's a, it's a different animal all the all the martial arts in, in separate they're cool but once it catches log, it's a different animal. Yeah, and I'm glad that you said that, to be honest, Jesus. That's something I always say. It doesn't doesn't matter where the fight is. Once the cage door is locked, the whole that matters is you and the other person in there. Anything can happen then. Like, literally, does, doesn't matter how hard you've trained, the sacrifices you've made leading into it. If you make one mistake in that fight, sometimes you might even make a mistake. You get caught in a submission, you get caught with a punch, the fight's over. Like, people don't understand that aspect of it. And in MMA, nothing is guaranteed. That's why I said it time to time again. I'm like, I can do everything correctly. I eat correctly. I go to bed on time. I'm not drinking. I go to the gym every day. I make sure I get on time. I make sure I'm getting better. I make sure I bring guys that are really good at a high level in any areas. It's still no guarantee. I do my 13-mile runs. I try to uh, shave the time all the time. I just go a little faster, a little stronger. All that is just what I'm supposed to be doing. And it's still not having a guarantee that I'm going to win the next fight. It's still not a guarantee that I'm going to be a better fighter. That's why you just got to just keep going and keep aiming for, for bigger and better. Yeah. And another thing you said what resonates with me, that because I, I always say it myself, like it is, we are, it is a sport. Obviously, it's a sport, a respected sport. Now, I'm able at the heart of it, for me, it's a fight. Like, as you say, with jiu-jitsu, with wrestling, you shake each other's hands after it. It's not a fight. You know what I mean? Like, I do like to shake opponents' hands if there's nothing being too respect- disrespectful said before, but, like, it's still a fight at the end of the day. For me, it's not like a team sport where, like, football, you know what I mean? If you lose a game of football, it's like, oh, we lost. You know what I mean? You can put the blame on him yeah, or you can put the blame on him. Yeah. When it's a fight, it's like, oh, got, that was you got, me. You got like 10 different people yeah. you can blame on. Like, that's what I mean. In people MMA, say, you can't do that. You know? People say fighting's a selfish sport, but I think it's the opposite. It's a lonely sport. Because once it goes wrong, whether it's on it's on us, it's on me or you. It's not on anyone else. They weren't the person in there. Yeah, it's true. It's lonely. That 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 Honestly, that's why I like to run long distance by myself. I go to the, I, I go to the hills by myself and just... You know, suffer by myself. You know, I'm not. I'm not thinking like, oh, let's set up the camera here. Let me look cool running this hill. I just go. I don't even bring music. I'm like, I want to be by myself. I don't want to hear nothing. I want to just, just hear my breathing, and see what comes in my head because the head, the head isn't a special thing. A lot of good things can come, but also a lot of bad, dark ones can come. So it's good to keep the process going and just, you know, put everything through the filter. You know, see what's good keep it, get it better, see what's bad, let it go, you know. It's it's a lonely sport, 
uh, and I don't feel like everybody have a, a clean, good circle. Like I feel like I have a great circle, you know. I have a, a good coach that is my friend, good teammate, and you know, my friends from even from high school that we still around. I just feel like secure just because I could have maybe ten people with me, but there are ten soldiers. Then rather have a hundred weak cloud chasers around me. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I've been there in the past, lad. Like I won a world title on a different promotion when I was 21, and I let it all get to me head. You know what I mean? I got a, I got ahead of myself. I thought it was the best thing since sliced bread, and I started hanging around with people that weren't really me friends but we're pretending to be my friends to get in nightclubs and stuff like that. And it, as you say, it made me realise who the real ones were. And now I only have me, me day ones with me and it's made me life better. It's way better. 100%. It's way better like that. But it, as you touched on then, you do you do a lot of big endurance runs, don't you? Like I personally, I didn't used to run at all. I never used to do any sort of like running for cardio. I, I don't know why, I just didn't like running when I was younger. I only started doing like long distance runs due to COVID because obviously you couldn't go to the gym and train. You, you, you had to just, that was the only thing I could do basically, go out and get five miles in 10 miles. And then now I'm I'm running every day. I feel like it helps me, not just my physical health, obviously, but it helps me mental health when I get out there on my own and just start running with my earphones in. That's that's a fact. I Running for me, running and most, and most of the time surfing is just therapy. It's, it's for my head, it's everything. Like, and I get a really, really high cardio from both. But of course, running is my most important thing. I run maybe five times a week. Uh, but I don't run, like I go either eight, between eight and six miles a couple of times a week. Then on Sundays is when I do my 13, 15 miles. And it's just, it's just good for you. I can put pace on motherfuckers and just see them, how they drown and they want to, Take the head out of the water. I'm like, no, bro, get your f- down. You're about to drown. And it's, you know, everybody can do it. You know, I I, I think I don't sleep on nobody. I, I'm, I'm expecting my opponent to be running. I'm expecting my opponent to be running faster, harder than me. So that's why I fight the way I fight because I don't sleep on nobody. And running, running is just good for you. It's good for the mind. Yeah, definitely is. And, you touched on surfing there. I tried surfing when I was in San Diego. Oh, that's hard. That's very hard. It is hard. It is hard. Sometimes I do runs like that, and I can just feel my body is just... You know, I'm, but also you're detoxing. I make sure I hydrate pretty good. And, you know, you, you take all the bad away. It's like, it's like filtering your body too. But sometimes I kind of like put my feet on time. Like it's kind of hot. And I'm like, you rather run in the heat? Or lose a fight. I'm like, let's just run. Hundred percent. If you get that in your head, you're gonna run, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Just tie those shoes up and go. Yeah, great stuff. But yeah, something I did want to ask you about was you were on the Ultimate Fighter Latin America, weren't you? Like, what? What's the Ultimate yeah, Fighter? You you were on the Ultimate Fighter Latin America. Yeah, like, I was what, in the first season. Yeah, what what's it like being on the Ultimate Fighter? Because I've watched it for years, and obviously you see crazy. Sh- happening you think and you're like I, I've all, I always ask people what was it like being in the house that was it was crazy it, it, it was it was kind of sad because you know you have a mic on you so if you tell anybody like oh I'm feeling a little shit, a guy come knock to the door say hey let's go to the green room we're gonna interview you uh, we just heard you say you feel bad what happened it's usually you know cameras everywhere you know you don't know when you're fighting every every time somebody fight they pick another fight so you're basically just cutting away for no reason because you don't know when you're fighting. It's it's a lot of work. It's a lot. It's it's pretty stressful. But I just try to just make sure I was just like on my own and just be like, hey, you know what? These teams or whatever we call it here, if we won all the fights, we're fighting each other in the semifinals. I was like, in a way, like yeah, we're cool with the same team. But if I have to fight you, I'm like, I don't, I don't know, I don't like that. So. I kind of don't try to get too attached to nobody because I'm like, what if I have to fight this guy that I call him a friend now? I don't fight my friends. So it's a, it's a weird thing. And I was I was excited to be there. I was like the first guy from, from Ecuador to be there. And I was trying to win it. And then I won my first fight by KO. 
And after that, I got a, a, a weird skin infection that my whole body looked like a zombie. Like, just, just like uh, scratches everywhere, like just pimple, but really that infection. And then they told me, hey, if you cut wet like that, you can die. And I was like, like die, die, or just you've been a dog, you've been excited. He's like, no. The way your body looks in the outside is the body, how the body looks in the inside. And I was like, oh, I was pretty, I don't know what happened. Maybe my immune system dropped too much because my first fight was at the end of the of the, of the first round. So I was cutting away for like six weeks nonstop. Yeah, you touched there on weight cuts. Have you ever, what's the, what's the biggest weight cut you've ever done? Is it like overnight or uh, over? Back then, I was little, I, but it was the first time I cut to 135, so I didn't, my whole career was a, a 45. And then for that, for the ultimate fight, I dropped to 35. I never cut weight in my life. I was, back then, I weighed like 148, 149, just dropped to 45. But for the ultimate fighter, I was like walking around 140 for weeks because I didn't know how to cut. I was just like guessing and I would have cut six pounds of water like because somebody told me get in the sun until you make the way. But I wasn't doing properly. It was just, I was eating nothing, getting in the sauna, running with plastics, doing everything you shouldn't be doing. Yeah, so I was doing that about 10 years ago when the sport was been like the wasn't like the dark ages, lad, but we didn't, in the UK it was, we didn't know what we were doing really. It was just first coming about really MMA on the scene. And I can remember back in the day when I was younger, about 19, 20, 21, I've cut like 16, 17, 18 pounds overnight to make like 135 yeah, and 145. Lot, yeah. I don't, even even today, I don't, I don't get my way past 155 just because my eating habits are, pretty good and for me now it's like I don't crave for for any bullshit just because I'm so used to it clean that if I eat one thing that is a little processed or fry I feel like shedding copper bites so I just keep my diet pretty good year round and it's still a heavy cut just because I'm I'm 29 years old we're not supposed to drop 15 pounds of water or 12 pounds of water overnight and you know 135 is crazy. I would love to find 155, but we wait ourselves walking to the cage, like like they do it in grappling. Like wait and you fight. I think 155. I will be the healthiest man alive. I will, I will guess, but it's not gonna happen. So I don't even waste energy thinking or asking for weight classes because it is what it is. Yeah, because, I you know I agree with you there because I think I'd I'd probably be like a 170. If that was the case, because I only I only cut about ten pounds in water now to make one fifty five, but I, I know for a fact I couldn't go the weight below. But when yeah. I step mm. when I step into the cage, I'm about I think it was one seven nine last time. Yeah, mm-hmm. so you're putting some weight. Yeah, so I'm putting putting weight on where, as you say, it would be fair if we were getting in the cage, right, and weighing ourselves right before it. It would be. I need on your diet anyway, Cheeto. You're eating clean all I year round. You, bro. All year, bro. I got I got a full freezer in front of me, full with elk, liver, mousse, and then in my other freezer I have like thirty ribeyes, couple tomahawks, chicken heart, and then yeah, that's how I eat, bro. I eat pretty much carnivore, and I add vegetables in the side. I add uh, veggie juices either morning or night. And then my, I eat everything that comes from the ground. I, most of the things are you can find in my house is they don't have a, a label or an expiration date. It's, yeah, you know, I understand. It's fruit. Yeah. You know, everything is just you open, you eat it, you throw it away. Like I'm not, I'm not buying, there's no sugar, candy. And I feel better. That's why when people, I don't hate on people eating sugar. Or being fat because I'm like I'm happy like this. They're happy like that. Who the fuck I am to tell you you're doing wrong? So, um, but I feel good. Like I feel great. I wake up with energy. Pretty sure my testosterone is like a f- young horse. Um, <laughs> I'm a strong. I'm happy, and I do believe a lot of mental problems come through bad food. I'm like if you're putting so much chemicals and preservatives in your body. I'm like, your mind can go right. 
even the the weed I smoke is pretty clean. It's coming from 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 people I know. It's it's, it's test. It's good. It's it's clean, and it's not you know just process to be stronger. The mushrooms I eat, everything I eat is clean. Yeah. Well, you said the elk meat. I don't even think I've ever tasted elk meat. Do you don't think you get elk meat in the UK? You know, there's definitely elk meat over there. I don't think. Do we get elk meat in the UK, Jacob? We don't, do we? No, I don't. I love it. I don't think we get elk meat. You know, and you mentioned it then. I was thinking, it makes me think of Joe Rogan. Yeah, Joe Rogan Rogan hooked me up with this freezer and I've been (laughs) eating the kind of that thing. Like every day I eat like elk sausage or elk liver or. Dude, and you can, I can just feel the, like, my power just increased by a spoon, by a spoon. It's like, I just f***ing go, go like that, go like that. I'm like, I'm, but it's just the way it should be, you know. I got, I, got, I got a sauna at home. I got an ice bath, and I just go back and forth. I'm like, fighting is too f***ed up. Dude. We get cracked in the face weekly. I'm like, you need to live a health. That's what I told myself. I need to be as clean as I can to make sure I balance that out because... The brain, once the brain goes, I'm like, we right? Yeah, you're not wrong there. You see a lot of fighters with it now. Like, I was speaking to Forrest Griffin on a previous podcast and he was saying about, like, sparring, how many rounds of people sparring people do. And, like, years ago, he was doing, like, eight rounds of sparring. And he was like, I don't know why I was doing that. I was only doing three to five round fights. He was like, back in the day, people were just doing mad shit. Yeah. Even though, back in the day, they were just a... Like couple couple bouncer yeah. trying to fight in a bar. I'm like today, <laughs> if I'm fighting for a three rounder, w- w- why you fight six rounds? Like makes yeah. no sense. If you're fighting three. Make sure you won those three. If you're not winning those three, you're f- because sometimes you do six, seven rounds. You take off three rounds, then the rest you go hard, and then your mind don't know when to just put it together. So last couple of fights being five rounds. I spar five rounds. I can get a fresh guy each round, but I'm not going to do 10 rounds. It's like, for what? Makes no sense. Yeah, you're taking unnecessary head damage. And obviously, as you go later on in the rounds, you get a bit more tired, your defense gets worse, and you take more shots anyway. So it just, to me, it makes no sense in our gym. We do however many rounds you're fighting. You do that many rounds. You don't do excess. Exactly. No, I'm with you there. It makes you just, you just take more trauma everywhere for, for no reason. Yeah. Fucking body kicks, calf kicks, spinning wheel kicks. People go crazy in there. Then wrestling. Uh, I always bring, like, really good wrestlers because that's that's how you, you take the fight. You either defend the or you take somebody down. But wrestling is it's almost like the balance of fighting. Either you want to stand or you want to take them down or you want to defend. But, you know, just, I'm, I, I always make sure I bring, like, D1 wrestlers or really high level G2 guys and I just like hey guys come just try to f*** me up because if I can go through this I'm sure in the cage I'll be fine so what martial art did you start with then was it just like striking or jiu-jitsu or wrestling I started I started with jiu-jitsu when I was uh, 16 years old I my neighbor was like yo like there's this jiu-jitsu place it's really sick there's a high level guys in there and I'm like, you're fighting every day for fun. Like, might as well go and learn how to do it because you suck. And I was like, ah, yeah, I know, I know, but I like to fight anyway. So I, he took me one day to that gym and I never left. I, I went every day. And as soon as I finished high school, I started going morning and night every day. And they like, since I was a blue ball, I was like telling people like, yeah, I want to be the UFC. They were like, bro, you know, why you don't even know what you want in life I'm like I came to this gym thinking about being a UFC fighter before I even learned how to fight before I, before I even see how would it do in fighting and people will those guys that I I still getting in contact with a couple of them they're like dude you were really saying you want to be a UFC fighter before you get even a blue belt and I was like I mean it I'm not full of and I never, I really, on since the first day, I don't miss one day ever. I was just obsessed. I was just loving it. And I was, I was doing, you know, in Jiu-Jitsu, I was doing like the beginner's class. 
the regular class, the advanced class, and I would do like three classes in a row from from, from 5 p.m. till 9 p.m. every day. I love the way you said there, though, that even before like you got your blue belt, you were saying you wanted to be in the UFC because I, I was doing the same thing before I even joined Next Generation. I was I was saying I I wanna I wanna be in the UFC I wanna be in the UFC and that was my goal before I even stepped foot in the gym. When I joined the gym, that was my goal. It wasn't to like get good at jujitsu or do this. It was always to be in the UFC and fight for the UFC. Yeah, no, I, that I was I was obsessed with the UFC. I was like, and then people when I, when I was already getting close to probably get a call, they was like, hey, what happened if other promotion called you? I say, no, I don't care. Like I didn't did this much to be in the in the in the B League. I don't wanna be there. That sucks. I wanna be in the UFC. So if the UFC don't call me, I just figured it out what what else to do, but it was for me it was UFC or nothing. So you started your pro career in Ecuador then? Yeah, I did but I only did three fights in Ecuador because I realized if I have, you know, a record of ten and zero in Ecuador, that means nothing in the world. So I fought three times in Ecuador. And then after that, I will reach out to promoters in Peru, Panama, Mexico, Costa Rica, Spain, Brazil. Like I would just DM everybody, like, "Hey, I fight for free. Send me, send me a uh, like a poster of me versus anybody, and they ask for the sponsors to pay for my flight, for my hotel. I'm like, don't give me nothing. Just give me the fight." And I did my first fight in Panama. Then I went to Mexico. Then I fought in Peru, like between four or five times, and then the UFC called me. But I was fighting, you know, Brazilians. I was fighting, you know, guys from Costa Rica, guys in Peru. So I, it was easier for the UFC to find my name just because I was already kind of like fighting better guys in South America. Like I, if I, I feel if I would stay in Ecuador, I would probably never make it. And you were always fighting people in their own backyard then, obviously, fighting the hometown fighter. Always. I, my first so, fighting in, in Peru was a main event against local guy. When I fought in Mexico for the bell, I fought a Mexican guy. Like, when I fought in Panama, I fought a guy from Costa Rica, but since Panama and Costa Rica are close, they kind of root for him anyway. So everywhere it went, it was me versus the guy. Where Where's the most hostile environment you'd ever fought in then? London for sure. London, yeah. London, yeah. You you guys are fucking crazy. <laughs> it's a different. It's a different chant. Like you know, in Brazil they say like, "Ooh, vamos her." Like they basically say like, "You're gonna die," but that's weak. They're like, "Yeah, that's like, yeah, sure, I'm gonna die." Fuck off, you. But <laughs> London, the 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 energy is fucking gnarly. But it's a, but it's because that that comes from soccer. You guys are very crazy yeah. in soccer. We are like if you go to a soccer game in Ecuador, it feels like a fight, and it's fucking soccer. But you guys are like that too. So when I fought, uh, Brad Pitt, Grant and Brad Pickett, uh, the the crowd was just fucking, I can just tell dense energy from those motherfuckers. They were like kill that guy. That's why I would love to fight in London against somebody from outside the UK. That would be pretty yeah. cool. They probably like me by now, so who knows? Yeah, definitely. You're a fan favorite, lad. When you get big knockouts, but like that, that um, that knockout against Brad Pickett was quality as well. And then the Davy Graham fight, that was a that was a scrap. That was a brilliant back and forth fight. Yeah, that that was a fun fight. That was a fun fight too. And yeah, like O2 Arena, it's it's fucking awesome. And I love I I love Europe. Like when I went in London, I'm like. I just like the town. I like the I like the food, the coffee, cultural. It looks cool, and I just want to keep going more up there. Yeah, hopefully we can get a big card sorted there, though, lad. Like the O2 for me now, personally, I think it's too small. We need a, a football stadium, as you say, a soccer stadium. Like there's Tottenham Stadium or Wembley and West Ham Stadium. You could do a fight there, be about sixty, seventy, eighty thousand people. That'd be special. Yeah. I think I think they will make it happen. I think it's it's getting there. Like right now, they have like a solid UK team. You know, they got you, Morley, Tomas. You know, like a, I'm sure there's a bunch of people outside them. Like, is this getting is this getting better over there? Like, like Bisping kind of like 
like make the road, get the belt, defend it, and now it's like the new generation is gonna just just go and kill it. Yeah, he definitely paved the way for us, life. But that's what you're doing in your country, lad. You're paving the way for everyone else to come through, and people in Ecuador are starting to believe that they can get into the UFC now because you've done it. You're inspiring a whole nation, lad. It's crazy. That 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 that's that that's a war I like when you say that. I'm always thinking like. You got to inspire the community. Like a lot of people, I feel like they try to reach out to the world, like kind of like in social media. It's like just start with you know, with your neighbors, with your country, with the people that know you. Like if you inspire the people around you, it's just gonna like magnify everything you do because you know the neighbor will tell you the other neighbor, hey, that guy's cool, that guy's doing right, that guy's putting in work. Just like just little by little, you you just keep adding and just just making it better. Yeah, spot on that. Like, I always say that outside of the cage stuff means more. Like, obviously, winning fights is brilliant, lad. As you know, getting not only like 0.1% of the world will ever understand what it's like to get your hand raised in an MMA fight. But the messages that you, I think you obviously get them as well yourself of people saying, Oh, you've motivated me to get out of bed today. You've inspired me to get out there and go running. Like, I think they mean more than winning any fight. Yeah. Yeah. Like we need it, we, we we need to do it. That's what that's what like I'm like we do the way we do it. But when people start changing their lives or doing something better, just because they see somebody else doing it, I I, I really believe that's like the most cool thing you can do, and that's like kind of like the beauty of what you do. Like if if one person reach out is like, hey, dude, because of you, I lose this amount of, this amount of pounds, or or as I go into the gym. I'm like that alone is just give me the energy to like just do this over and over and over. Yeah, I agree with you on that hundred percent. But uh, getting back to obviously the fighting, what would what would you say is your biggest win of your career then, or what's your favorite win? Um, I think of course the last one is the most important, just because it's the most recent one. But I I, I always give a. Uh, the respects to to Pickett. I think that was my first big win in the UFC. Um, that was in a in a in, in a in a pack O2 arena, and you know that guy that guy was legit. You know I probably catch him a little a little older, but to be honest, out of all the guys I fought, young guys or older guys, he was almost like the most prepared, quick, sharp. That's and I think the most important thing about him is a meme. He really is not trying to win by a little bit. He wanna hurt you, and I got a lot of experience out of that fight. So I think that's probably my my one of my favorite wins, and happened in a really big stage too. You know, I was like the right the fight before the comedy event. It was a big car. London is always big, so that was pretty cool. Yeah, Pickett retired after that fight, didn't he? Then he leave his gloves yeah, in the cage. Yeah, that was his last fight. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Well, you finished off someone's... He had a historic career. You finished off his career for him there. Uh, in a good way for you, but a bad way for him. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we could in a, say. In, in, a, in a f- that way for him. Like, I, I know that, <laughs> but... You know, they, they called me 10 days notice for that fight. Like, I was coming off elbow surgery. Uh, I didn't have no money. I was... I didn't. I haven't show up to the gym in ten weeks. I I was running for three weeks before they called me, and they were like, "Hey, you want to fight next week in London?" And I was like, "I don't, I don't even ask who." I was. I, I think I have like six grand left in my account, and I was like, "Fucking send me the papers." And then everybody really thought I was getting in there, getting punched once and making myself a little bold because I was. I was so out of shape because I, I was I was coming off surgery. My arm wasn't even straight all the way down. It was really like halfway. And I was like, I need the money so bad that I went to the doctor, got clear. The doctor didn't want to clear me. And I was like, hey, man, I really need this for my family. You don't clear me, we don't want to have a trouble. And the guy cleared me. I took the fight. And everybody told me like, hey, don't worry. You know, we will take care of you no matter what happened. I was like, you guys really thinking I came to for the paycheck here? I'm like, like I can be injured, I can be out of shape, but my balls are still are still there, my 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 grid is still there. So, and I put in a good performance. 
but it's it's because where it was in life. I was I was broke. I have a family, and I was like, I'm not gonna f- let my family down. I'm not gonna ha- tell my family we have to go back to Ecuador. This is not gonna happen. Well, yeah, I'm gonna have to touch on it because a lot of people always mention it. A lot of people think your breakthrough fight was the O'Malley fight. I don't personally think it was. I think your breakthrough fight was when you knocked Frankie Edgar out because like, that knockout, as I say, had his face. Like, have you seen, obviously, you've seen the Dark Knight, the Joker at the start where they robbed the bank, the masks. When you kicked him in the face, yeah. his, his face looked like one of them masks. That's one yeah, of the yeah, scariest yeah. knockouts ever, lad. <laughs> that's what his face looked like. Like, I personally think that was, like, yeah, that's your biggest performance. But everyone always asks you, obviously, about O'Malley. So I'm gonna have to ask you about well, that. I think I th- I feel like the like the new kids, like 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 the legit people that don't know shit about the sport. They just they just they just follow whoever is more famous at a time. That's how the way things work today. Like people just go to your Instagram handle and see how many followers you have, and based on that, they either yeah. suck your d- a lot or a little bit. So um, definitely, the Frankie Edgar was a fight. That I was, that was the highlight I was looking forward. That was like the fight I was, that 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 was the fight that made me break through. That was the fight that gave me many men. The Sean O'Malley fight didn't yeah. give me, um, you know, and until this day, it's been the same. He haven't won a big fight, you know. He beat, he beat couple guys that pretty much have two left foot or are coming off three KOs, which you know, a win is a win. Good for him, but I, I don't, I don't, I don't really have any negative feeling about anybody. But like, that fight really give me anything. Like, I fought after the fight for Aldo, came a little short in the third round, but it wasn't like I got. I really, from the funk, from the Frankie fight, I got a main event afterwards. So, that's that's what I'm I'm very stoked about. Stop, and. That was that was in MSG, biggest scenario you will ever have is MSG. So, you know that was I think that was my biggest fight up until this point. Like to where bring me here right now. Yeah, something that I always thought about when I I'll never forget when you weighed in because I was there at that New York show when you weighed in and when you fought. How Frankie Edgar was a champion at one fifty five, but you made them look small at one thirty five. That's crazy. They they say they mentioned that in the broadcast, and I was like, that guy. Well, also, he was a tank too. Like he was a he was a legit. Like he was, in his wrestling, his strength, his cardio, but one fifty five. That's a lot. And he fought huge guys. Like Great Manor was huge. Yeah. Like he fought some Benson big. Benson was huge. Brother. But yeah, as you say, I, I couldn't get over that. I was like, whoa, Cheeto's never fought at one fifty five. And looking at you is that you he looked like a thirty five and you look like a forty five. But yeah. that that's just how some people's bodies are. It's crazy this sport. Yeah, like, I look at some of the like that's evolution of the of the sport too, you know. We we heading to to different times, you know, the level is higher, people cut more weight, they they came healthier, like it's just it's just evolution, like like GSP said bears, like the fighters of today are better than the fighters of yesterday, but we won't be better than the fighters of tomorrow. So it's kind of silly, but it makes sense. Like, it's just the evolution just does and stuff. You just keep going, keep going, keep going. And if they catch you slacking, they, they will put you in their ass. So it's the, the game is just getting better and better and better. So might as well get it done while you can. Yeah, you've got a point there. Like every every cycle, like when we evolve each MMA year, everyone gets better and better and better. The new kid what comes along gets better and better. Like you're seeing it now, aren't you? With like that young lad who was 17 who's just won on the contender series and then Bo Nickel, then people coming through now, they're like the new generation of MMA fighters. Yeah, like that kid is 17. Bo Nickel wrestling level is probably the highest in the UFC right now. It's yeah. it's just crazy, you know. It's just crazy to see like guys with two fights came in and they can really beat anybody in the top twenty. Everything comes down also to to confidence, to like your, how your mind is, how your career goes. Because the people got the talent, people got the technique, but when you get to the spotlight and you get fame and you get money, 
a lot of people can go sideways too. So everything is how you handle it. Everything in in, in, in MMA, like at the beginning, you can be a killer. Then you get all the lights on top of you, and you don't know how to handle that. And it's it's just a lot of parts in the puzzle. You you need to like make sure you keep them right. You keep it in in the right way because you know sometimes you need to hard to work hard. Some people just have talent. That's that's just whatever, right? But once you get to the top, you if you don't know how to handle that, it's so easy to come down to. Yeah, that is one side I always say to people. People think that we just train and we cut weight and we do that, but they don't understand like all the media we have to do fight week, all the stuff you've got to sign, all the people trying to get your autograph and trying to get pictures with you, how like it affects you. Like a lot of people don't get that side of things where I always say, like our sport, it's like eighty percent mental. It's a lot, man. It's a lot. Five week, it's a lot. Especially if you if, if if you are the guy the car is built around, or you are a guy coming up that have a lot of hype. Everybody want to talk to you. Everybody want a picture with you. And, you know, that's cool. You got to enjoy it because one day it's going to be gone. And, you know, might as well enjoy it, do it right, and just handle it properly. You focus on the thing that matters the most, which is winning. Yeah, that's a fact. It's only as good as your last fight. So when when is your next fight? Um, Honestly, I'm... Not confirmed. I'm ready. Like, I can fight, you know, anytime. And... I think the UFC is going to wait to see what happened on October 22nd, see what happened between John and O'Malley, see what happened in the title shot. Because if they if they wouldn't want to do the fight with Sanhagen, they would have told me something by now, which they haven't said nothing. So I think, I really think I can fight for the belt next. I think they can easily make that. Or they can be like, you know what, let's do number one contender. But I feel if, if Jan wins, they would probably send me for a title shot just because Jan already declined to fight me and they probably would make him pay for that. If Miley wins, he's beating number one contender, period. You're beating number one contender. That's, that's, that's all you need to do. There's no discussion there. So it's it's come down really to, to that fight to see what really happened because Sanhagen probably will end fighting my rap and then... It's just the math. Sometimes it didn't work. So it comes more down to my opinion, but we'll see. I'm ready to go. And I'd love to see you beat Marabo. Oh, uh, that's a fight I would I would take yesterday if they asked me for. Yeah, I'd lo- I, I'd love to see. I think you'd you'd knock him out. To be honest, I think you'd knock him out in two. I'd love to see you beat him. Up. The way the way he looked against Aldo shows a lot. Like he couldn't couldn't fight, and then he hold Aldo a lot in defense. And Aldo also is not trying to fight because he knows he's going to get tired. So he'd rather lose by decision than get TKO. Yeah. I'm going to fight till the f- wheels fall off. So good luck trying to get a hold of my, my crutch. Yeah, no matter what second we are in the fight, you're going to be trying to take his chin home with you. I know that for a fact. That goes without saying. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I think but the it, division's really fun right now. Yeah, there is a thing. Pantom and lightweight are the two most stacked divisions at the minute, like 100%. Yeah, I, I, they're, 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 they're the, the, the best ones at the moment. The competition, the talent is just, is just crazy. Yeah, there is. You're spot on there. But um, at the end, I always, I have a, I let everyone know that you're coming on the podcast and I have a, a last Paddy segment where people send questions in for yourself. And uh, I'll, I'll ask you a few now. You know what I mean? So... Here's one here from Tony. Question for Chito. Really, you've really come into the spotlight after the win over O'Malley. So yeah, that's what someone said before. Over O'Malley and gone on a serious run. Would you consider the rematch in the future considering how dismissive he's been towards your win? It's simple. The UFC offered it to me. You know, you know, I'm not I'm not picky. I'm like, I really believe and I really preach what I say. If I want to be a world champion, I fight anybody. I already fought in my bidding, but if they offer me the fight again, we'll see. As of, as of now, he have a fight in front of him, so I don't really give a f- But we'll see after that. Does it annoy you the fact that he tries to still say he's unbeaten? I don't give a f- I'm like, you know, every every time I say that, he's basically promoting me. Like, I'm like, because people will go, because the new people go to the record, see a loss, 
TKO loss or KO loss, and then they're like, wait a minute. It's just free. Yeah. It's just free publicity. So I take it. I make more money out of that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, any publicity is good publicity, as they say. A thousand percent. Next one from Mr. King. Asked Cheeto about his endurance running when he started. Who motivated him? How long it took him to build up distances that he now runs, and whether it's for mental health reasons or cardio reasons. Well, it's for both. I do it. I do it for both. Uh, the 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 physical ability I get from those type of runs it's it's incredible. But also, what I say earlier, just keeping uh, a flow of good thoughts through my head, it just helped me being healthy, helped me being better at home, helped me being you know a better friend, a better person. Just because I I try to keep the the keep just putting good things around and good things and just thinking about it and visualizing and just it's just it's just good for your mind. And if you want to make it even better, you eat a little mushrooms before you run. You even go better. You go, you you go by the hand of God. Everything's gonna be fine. <laughs> Sounds brilliant. Um, next question is from Federico Benitez. Question for Chizo: How did you learn your English? It's pretty good. Greetings to both of you from Uruguay. Greetings, Federico. Oh, um, in in high school when I moved from Chone to Guayaquil, which is a big city, in Chone didn't, you know. The education was a little, back then was a little, maybe less than was in the big city, you know, because it's a, it's a small town. So I didn't know how to say a word in English. So when I get to the to the bigger city, uh, I, I come back home and I tell my mom, like, mom, I, I have no idea what English means. Like, I'm like, Whoa. so the same teacher that I had at school was coming to my house twice a week to just teach me English. And I learned pretty fast and I'm glad. I'm glad I took those classes because they help me a lot now that I'm here. Yeah, your your English is very good. I, I wish I could learn another language, but I'm too lazy. <laughs> I wish I could learn like Spanish want, or Portuguese I want, I want, or I want French. I want to take Italian classes now. It'd be just because I have Italian passport. I feel I need to learn how to speak Italian. Yeah, definitely. I'd love to learn another language. As I say, I'm I'm too lazy. Sit around on my ass all the time. But uh, next question from. Corby lad that's defo not your real name but anyway question for Tito do you think martial arts training is becoming more popular in Ecuador because of your rise in the UFC yeah I think definitely people is paying more attention to the UFC and there's a lot of little kids that there are you know trying to be me trying to do what I do and that's pretty cool and I feel that's probably one of the the big reasons I stay consistently to myself I stay dedicated to dedicated to the grind just because you know I feel like a lot of kids or younger people that they look up to you you know if you do a lot of dumb shit they're gonna think that's okay and they, they they will go and try it and then they will find out that you know they just they, they everything goes sideways for them because not everybody can get away with that type of shit unless if you're the man so that's why I really try just to put in a good example and just let them know through hard work, dedication, you get everything. Yeah, brilliant message. That's why I always say hard work, dedication, you can get whatever you want in this world. Um, we've got another great Ecuador question here. Uh, Alberto Flores asks, question for Chito, do you feel like the support from the entirety of the Latino community and what's it like visiting Ecuador now you're in the UFC? Yeah, the, the the support I get from 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 the Latin community is pretty big. It's it it's huge. Just I can feel every time I'm fighting from fight to the fight. It's like the whole continent is just looking after me, and I don't see it as a pressure because a lot of people think like, oh, if things don't go right, they will stop supporting me. I'm like, I don't even think about that. I only think about all the energy I'm getting. I'm, I'm very I'm very focused on energy. So like. If I just feel good things coming my way, I just, you know, I just start visualizing better. I feel better, and I, I really pay attention on the good. That's what I feel. I'm always with a smile on my face and just having a good time. Yeah, nice. And uh, yeah, I've got one more question here. Anyway, asks Raymond Naranjo, Cheeto bro, I'm first generation American Ecuadorian. What was your favorite food while growing up in Ecuador? 
keep showing everyone that Ecuador Prada, baby. Favorite food, um, definitely in Cebollao. I'm like, you're gonna love that part. If you come to Ecuador, dude, I have a tour of food. What is it, lad? What does it consist dude, of? It's a soup with albacore. It's hot. Um, you can put uh, green plantains. Uh, they're very crunchy. Dude, it's delicious. I think if I bring it to Ecuador, you come back wearing fighting a heavyweight, but. <laughs> Unless you put the running shoes with me while we are there, because the food is fucking good. Rice, I'd have rice, to. beans, steak, and each town have like dude. Ecuador is like being in Europe. You can go in a train and go from pasta to I don't know what they eat in Sweden, but it's just crazy the diversity. Like you drive two hours to the south and it's a fully different menu. You go three hours up north and you have like corn soups and they eat uh pork in a very interesting way so there's good food in Ecuador but in Cebollado is my number one yeah I definitely I need to try more food I'm a bit picky I uh, I stick to things that I know when I should I should adventure out but I've got one last question what's your mate's name what's the oh, dog Simon. called come on yeah he's bossing mud does he want to play is that what it is he keeps bringing no, the ball he's over bringing it to me I'm like oh <laughs> <laughs> he keeps coming over wanting to play I feel bad I, I want I, you to play with him <laughs> he will start crying he's like a little kid he will cry like I leave it on the party I'm so, living on like on, 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 on his little cage and I left and he started crying that somebody's killing him I'm like dude the, the, the never think I beat the fuck out of you you're just a little baby <laughs> yeah my dog's the same if I lock him out of the room I mean he'll start whimpering yeah, at the door like, and he, he's like 40 He's like 45 kilo, he's big and he acts like a baby. Yeah, he's a nice red pit bull. Yeah, he's a, he's a boss dog. Yeah, man. But uh, yeah, Cheeto, just before we uh, sign off, is to tell everyone where to find your social media and that lad and uh, any sponsors or anything you want to shout out, let them know Much now. love to everybody who supports me and if you guys want to find me, see what I'm doing, Cheeto Vera UFC, that's how you find me on Twitter and Instagram and and that's it, bro. It was it's great to talk to you. Thanks for having me. Lad, it was my pleasure to have you on, Chito. Thank you very much, lad. You're uh, making waves in the UFC in a minute, just knocking people out left, right and centre. So you're a pleasure to watch. I can't wait to watch your next fight, lad. You're never in a boring Thank you, fight. Bro. You're doing a great job too, so keep it up. Thank you very much. Here we go, people. Another episode in the books. Thank you very much. See you next week.